Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm very pleased to have Maya Watkins as my guest today. Maya has a brother with autism, and one of her longtime goals has been to help her brother connect with the world around him. In turn, her brother has helped Maya better understand his amazing mind and his incredible abilities. While Maya was taking early education courses, she was also taking improvisation classes and saw a strong connection between the two. This realization was the kickoff point for Zip, Zap, Zop Enrichment, an organization whose mission is to support learning through improv. It began as an after-school class that was eventually integrated into the school's curriculum. Soon thereafter, Maya was asked to bring the program into the home environment, and this concept grew to include people with special needs of all ages. Maya believes the specialized approach that Zip Zap Zop Enrichment provides is one of the most effective methods to bridge the divide between individuals with and without special needs. The program curriculum helps work on essential social skills such as empathy, tolerance, perspective-taking, self-advocacy, eye contact, mindfulness, and many other important abilities and can be implemented in therapy centers, homes, and schools, offering everyone the tools to communicate in a fun and natural way. Welcome, Maya, and thank you so much for joining me today to discuss your terrific program. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. So to begin, uh, would you like to share a bit more about the experiences that inspired you to start Zip Zaps Up? Yeah, so I was working with uh, children on the spectrum while taking the improv classes at Second City in Hollywood, and I just noticed the games we were learning to help us become better performers were very naturally applied with the children I worked with, and it was just a seamless connection And in so many ways, the therapy I was doing with the children was also very beneficial and very, very important, but to apply it in a natural environment, in a fun way where you didn't, you know, sound robotic or, you know, kind of having to overthink the social skills. Instead, you just apply the social skills and practice them without any judgment. So because of my brother, Zach, and the experiences taking improv, I just realized that laughing with one another, playing these natural games, and just kind of connecting and and being equal with people was the way to go when it came to my approach. Okay, well, can you describe the program in a bit more detail, including the the, uh, philosophy behind it, and then perhaps give us some examples of the kinds of games involved and the particular skills that they address? Yes, definitely. So my program includes a unique curriculum that ties improv games to social and emotional learning, kind of like you mentioned with perspective taking and empathy and eye contact and tolerance and staying on topic. All of these really important social skills that are vital for life can be uh, in these games uh, practiced. So my curriculum ties that all together And I actually do have a book that is officially being published and going to be out soon called The Brain's Playground, Using Improv Games to Teach Social and Emotional Learning, which kind of goes even in more detail on comparing to theory, using Lev Vygotsky and John Dewey and all these amazing child development theorists, backing up this idea of staying in the moment when you communicate and 
being improvisation, as you know, with comedy and Saturday Night Live, it's all about that being in the moment and creative and, and sparking ideas on the spot. And, you know, you go see a stand-up comedy show and, and they work off the audience and they, they're quick-witted and all of that energy that uh, comes from being improv, having an improv background can uh, be applied. So my philosophy really comes from being in the moment and just treating each individual like an individual which also encompasses being in the moment. And uh, a lot of the games, like I have a few that I love to talk about. There's one that is in the curriculum called Mumbo Jumbo. And that's where you try to make someone laugh and they have to say Mumbo Jumbo. They can't laugh. They have to try to keep impulse control. There's also perspective taking because you try to think of what makes that person laugh. And so the friends in the group will try to make this individual laugh and uh, they use creative ways to do it, and it really helps bond children and also adults in all ages, and you learn about sense of humor. And there's another game that's in my curriculum called Gift Exchange, and that one's really fun with going with the flow and also learning sarcasm and literal versus figurative, because a lot of the times with children with autism, sarcasm can be a really tricky concept. And knowing when someone's just kidding versus when someone's serious can get really overwhelming and sometimes can get really upsetting because if you don't think they're kidding and you think they're serious, then, you know, you might get offended or you might get hurt. Yeah, so we good talk point. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that game is where you give a silly gift. Like I would give you like an old sock or something and you'd have to say, thank you. I'm going to put this sock in make a puppet out of it. You have to kind of go with the flow with whatever gift I give you, even if it's not the best gift. Even if it's a smelly if sock. It's, <laughs> yeah, if it's a smelly sock. Or I could give you something awesome, like a pot of gold, and you'd have to be like, thank you, I will go buy a mansion. And so it's just kind of taking what you get and going with it and not taking it very seriously. Um, and the last two games I'll explain before moving on is this one called Name Wants a Chair, and it's where there's a circle of chairs and everyone's kind of switching places non-verbally with one another, and there's one person stuck in the middle going up to people in the circle saying, like, Maya wants a chair. And then that person sitting on the chair looks at them and says, go ask my friend Bob or whatever, and points to another person in the circle. So then you go up to that person, and the goal is to try to, to get a chair um, where people are switching because there's you know, not enough chairs for everybody. But it's so funny because really that game used to be my game I'd play for nonverbal communication, but it's turned into more of an eye contact game. And then also it turned into a game about friendship because, again, going back to children with autism, hearing my friend, my friend, my friend over and over again, like go ask my friend Maya, go ask my friend Sarah, that actually became a huge social tool for the kids I was working with. Because they're like, oh, they're my friends. Like, I have, this is, they've said my friends like 10 times. Like, they're my friends. And that turned into a friendship building game, which I really enjoy. And I have some personal stories about that. Um, and then lastly, there's a game where you just simply say one side of the room is if you like something and the other side is if you don't like it. And 
kids just take turns saying things they like and don't like and then just run to which side of the room they most connect with, with that subject. And it's a lot about opinions and similarities and differences and not getting upset if someone has a different opinion. Um, So, yeah, those are a few of them. Sounds like a wonderful approach, um, Maya. So how long have you been doing this? And um, you mentioned some personal stories. Would you mind sharing some of your favorite success stories as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, I started as an LLC back in like 2011-12. And then in 2016, I became uh, a nonprofit organization. So it's been, you know, a while now that I've been doing this work specifically. And uh, when it comes to personal stories, I have so many. So I I just chose a couple. But uh, going back to that switching chairs game, we had this one individual who he wouldn't want to come to class and he didn't, he was very scared of coming to class. And he eventually opened up to his parents and said, oh, they're not my friends. He literally just, he didn't know the kids. He's like, they're not my friends. They're not going to like me. And he would not join any of the games. And then eventually we were playing that name wants to chair game and he started kind of getting interested in it and joining it. And it took him just playing one round of that game, hearing everyone in the circle say my friend. And then all of a sudden he joined every class and played every game. It's like, it was, it just was all he needed to feel safe. And it was so cool. Um, Wow. Like a breakthrough moment for him. Yeah, it, it was huge. It was, it made me just think about things in a different way too. Like, you know, we take things, sometimes we, I feel like overthink things when we work with kids with special needs and we forget that like, you know, they're just kids that like any other human in the world, like they need to feel supported and they need to feel safe and being told that you're their friend was the way he needed to do that. Um, there's another one with that mumbo jumbo game where a child with autism was having a really hard time making someone laugh. He couldn't figure out a way. And so I said, you know, think about their perspective. Think about what makes you laugh, or not you laugh, but they laugh. Like what's made them laugh in the past? And then he just switched up how he made this girl laugh. And she ended up laughing because he realized she really liked like slapstick comedy because she would often like do kind of funny, silly things with her body. And so he did the same thing. And then it made her laugh. And then he was like, oh, it was like this aha moment of empathy and perspective taking. And then lastly, there's another game I hadn't mentioned, but it's where we all draw a picture and we switch the picture around and describe what's in another person's picture. But again, you have to go with the flow and not get upset if they describe your picture wrong, like differently. And so this one child who's actually very limited verbal, like I hadn't heard him speak independently once ever, he has an aid that helps prompt his speech. He described this picture with a lot of prompting and then eventually through the prompting started to describe the picture on his own. So there was this amazing inclusive thing that happened where his verbal communication started connecting and connecting the dots and he verbally communicated independently for the first time and his one-on-one aid started to cry. Wow, that's wonderful. She never had heard that before. Wow, that's 
that's fantastic. And it really does, you know, sound like your approach is not only unique, but, but very effective. And, and I think you're right. It's amazing how sometimes the simplest things are the most effective. And we do sometimes tend to overthink and overcomplicate um, when we, when we approach people with special needs or when we, you know, we're trying to intervene or we're trying to, you know, assist in some way. And, um, and we don't realize that it might be just the, the, the simplest and easiest thing that would be the most effective for getting whatever result it is that we're aiming for. So if people want to avail themselves of your service, um, I know you're based in California. Are you a member, uh, a vendor, I should say, of the regional centers in California? And um, if not, um, or if people are from other areas, can they also avail themselves of your service? Are there scholarships or other financial assistance available yeah, for people who, you know, maybe they can't afford to pay on their own, but they have, you know, no other type of assistance to, to help them pay for it? Yeah, so I am a vendor regional center, and I, you know, I have some classes currently running at different facility centers in Los Angeles, but I want to keep growing those classes around California because I'm a vendor of regional center. I can actually, you know, my dream would be to create more and more opportunities in different parts of California because of that vendor connection. And then due to being a nonprofit and having fundraisers, a lot of that will go to scholarships. And recently I started partnering with uh, clinical psychologists because I have this you know, kind of no, more unique approach and I, I don't have my, you know, uh, I you don't really get a license in improv therapy yet. <laughs> I've partnered with uh, people who have their license and then it's been opening some doors for insurance as well, which has been really exciting. Um, so, yeah, all of the above. Oh, very good. Um, so if people are not in California, you're, 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 um, spreading throughout various regions and areas in California, as you mentioned, but what if somebody is in another state and, and is interested in your technique and your approach, is there any way for them to connect with you and avail themselves of your service? Oh, for sure. I, because of the book coming out, The Brain's Playground, I'm, really starting to uh, find new ways to connect with people out of California with putting my classes on video, doing some more professional development nationally and also internationally. I'm actually going to Croatia this summer to do social emotional learning workshops there. So I'm definitely in this like fun, exciting place when it comes to just uh, sharing my curriculum and, and the approach and kind of teaching the teacher would be an, an awesome dream of mine as well, just kind of expanding this work. Wow, Croatia. That's great. Yeah, I would say you are definitely expanding beyond the borders of California. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So uh, is there anything else that you would like to add that we haven't gone over yet? And what do you think is the most important takeaway for our listeners to remember from our conversation? I think the most important takeaway is going back to what we're saying about, you know, connecting and just making one another laugh and 
that immediate response you get with social interaction is such a natural way to learn uh, important skills. So kind of like going with the flow and just try to allow yourself to truly be in the moment with whatever child you're working with or your own child or uh, just remembering they are unique to themselves and they're giving you a lot of hints and clues on what they need to to feel supported and to be able to just be present with them would be maybe the, the big takeaway. And how can our listeners reach out to you if they have questions or they want to know more? My website would be the best. It's www.zipzapstopenrichment.org. You can email me through there. There's also a link for updates on the book and videos and some other uh, interviews I have on different podcasts and NPR and things if they want to learn more um, through there as well. And they can always email me and I have some videos I like to share when people are wanting to see some more of this work. Okay, and I'm going to spell that just to make sure that people have it down right. It's Zip Zap Zop Enrichment. Z-I-P, Z-A-P, Z-O-P, Enrichment, E-N-R-I-C-H-M-E-N-T dot org. Is that right? Yes. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Maya, for your time and for the great information that you shared with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I really love talking with you. And I also want to thank our listeners for spending a part of their day with us. I'm Gilda Evans reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.